You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Modern Musicology. My name is Alan and I've got a couple of special guests with me tonight. Two of my best friends. This is Daniel Pierce. Hello. And Tillman Smoot. Hey, how are you doing? And we are recording this show on Monday, May 1st. And just last night, we were all at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta to see the third of three shows in town by Taylor Swift on the Eras Tour. So, have you all recovered from the big show last night? I'm tired. Re- recovered is a strong word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, if anybody uh, has watched any of the previous, the, the YouTube iteration of this show, both of you gentlemen were on with me before we talked about the uh, the album release of her re-recording of Red. So basically, everybody who's seen that knows that you're both Swifties. So uh, I know that both of you have seen Taylor. This is not your first time seeing her in no. concert. So Tillman, how many times have you seen her before this? I saw her on the Reputation tour. Mm-hmm. And I, I did, unlike uh, unlike YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I saw her on Friday as well uh, this year. So this was, uh, Sunday uh, last night would have been my third time seeing her. Okay, and Daniel, um, this wasn't pointed out to me till I think last week that I've actually seen her five times in concert. <gasps> I know I saw her open for Rascal Flatts back in the day, back when she was and, still a little uh, country artist. Yep. Um, that was, I don't know where the year we were at. It was an outdoor pavilion. I think it was Lakewood, south of Atlanta. Mm. And then I saw her open up for Keith Urban. And I think that was at State Farm Arena or Phillips Arena, whatever it was called back then. Then I saw her in 1989. And then Reputation, thanks to Tillman, getting tickets for that. And then <laughs> yeah, that was, last that night. Was... <gasps> Okay, yeah. so bef- before we get into too much of the specifics about this year's show, how does it compare to previous times that you've seen her? Well, let me put it this way. I walked out of Reputation when we saw her thinking it was the best concert I'd ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, I don't know how she'll ever be able to top that. And I just don't see it. And then I walked out of Eras basically on repeat going, that's the best concert I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know how she's ever going to be able to top that. <laughs> nice. Apparently she'll just do longer and longer shows. <laughs> yeah, quantity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I spoiled myself because I like knowing what songs I'm going to hear at a show because I need to know whether I'm going to be disappointed ahead of time that I'm not going to hear a song I really want to hear. So I knew what she was doing going into the set. And even then, I was still amazed at how much she was able to squeeze into that, what, three, three and a half hour set list. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just came away. I mean, I keep looking at the videos that I took on my phone to relive uh, the songs, just to relive those moments. 
It's funny. Uh, Daniel and I are polar opposites. I don't want to be spoiled at all. Right. And, Weirdo. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> but, but just like Daniel, I keep looking at my pictures on my phone that I took through the concert going, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was great. That was great. Mm-hmm. And and that's a good point. So from this from this point on, anybody who is listening that hasn't seen the Eras tour yet and is trying to not be spoiled about set list or you know staging or anything we're going to be spoiling so just listen from this point on with trepidation you've asked tillman and myself about you know our concerts and stuff what about you alan have you ever seen yeah, Swift live before what's your story <laughs> well i have not seen taylor before I am, I'm a very, very slow, very gradual convert to the Taylor phenomenon. And this was my first time. And I, you know, and it's interesting because I feel like just because of the nature of this show, I feel like I got a good introduction to every part of her career. So I I am now exposed to, well, unless you're considering the first album, I've now been exposed to, and you know, I've heard stuff. You know, and I'm pretty familiar with 1989 and I'm pretty familiar with Red, you know, and I know some songs here and there from other albums and certainly the ones recently that have gotten a ton of airplay. Um, So, you know, I'm not unfamiliar with Taylor, but this was my first time seeing her. Had you ever heard Antihero before? I'm not familiar with that song, Daniel. Have, I don't think I ever have, oh, which yeah. is a lie so, because you you're know. the problem. It's you. Yeah, <laughs> right. he is the problem. Um, on a road God. trip once, yeah, we were on our way to Florida, and I have an alert set up on my Sirius for every time there's a Taylor Swift song on Sirius. I'm like, oh, I'll see. It tells me what it is. So I'm like, oh, I'll click on that. Within, I think, a three or four hour window, I think we had about 10 or 11 alerts for anti-hero majority of them were the original album version but every so often they throw in one of the remixes right and i blew my mind out and they played that thing it's a lot (laughs) yeah a lot and you know i thought the song was cute at first but holy cow (laughs) (laughs) just just stop for a little while (laughs) yeah anti-hero got a little bit uh yeah overdosed <laughs> yeah because it she got released all... like six different versions of it right and it got all TikToked and like instagrammed and all that mess holy smokes you couldn't get away from it but anyway i still love it i know i mean it's a good song it's a good song all right so let's start on the show this arena is enormous oh my it's gosh. like seventy thousand. i think is the capacity of seventy-one thousand. that's insane yeah yep okay so um, before we get into the show too much, I, you know, anybody who's seen Taylor, particularly on the last tour, knows that they do this thing where they hand out wrist bracelets that is basically a light show in itself where mm-hmm. they program them wherever you're sitting in the stadium, your your wristband flashes and they it forms patterns and, mm-hmm. you know, it goes in time with the music and, and it'll like flash in time with drum beats and all this kind of stuff. So cool. 71,000 of those. So for three nights in Atlanta, that's nearly, that's about 200,000 bracelets they had to make just for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the expense of doing that is staggering. Now, it should be noted that as you were walking out, you could recycle your bracelet. That's true. Yeah. So that's true. Some foolish people did. 
Yes, yeah. I was not one of those people. Oh, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Mine is still flashing in the other room right now. Uh, yeah, I think mine is flashing in the desk in the other room. <laughs> I saved my flashing tab. lavender. Right. <laughs> mine is flashing lavender right now, actually. Which means that we we should be getting speak now. Any Taylor's version, any day now. <laughs> any day That's now. The hint. Right? Is it? I thought it just meant that we were still in a lavender haze. Oh, no, 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 no. The rumor right, right. is that they turn purple at the end of the concert. And, you know, purple is kind of speak now's colors. Yeah, that's true. Color. Oh, that's interesting. That's not, mm. a, that's not a hand. Come on. We're anyway, every, a little bit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Everything Taylor does is a hint. Everything no. is. She's a mastermind. <laughs> I agree with that. All right. So let's actually get into the concert. So the stage, I mean, this was massive. It was a mess. The, the, it was a big stage in itself. And then it had this enormous ramp that comes out into the audience with a stage at the end of it and a big, uh, like, diamond shaped platform in the middle of it. So she is basically working that entire room. It's not like she is on a stage and if you have nosebleeds up at the back end of the arena, you're, you know, that you feel that distant from her. She's actually going out and using the entirety of that floor space. She did. In fact, I think she, she more often than not was living in the diamond um, yeah. area in the middle of yeah. the stadium uh, with the exception of folklore and, uh, I believe evermore she kind of yes. lived in the back and the surprise well, and, songs. Yeah. And that right. diamond area also had lifts in it too, to yeah. lift her mm. closer to us and the nosebleeds. Yeah. That, that continuously right. changed configuration. Yeah. And had graphic designs on them. Yeah. So she could mm -hmm. have really cool graphic interfaces. So I was looking at the tour itinerary and there's basically five days in between each one of the stops. And I don't know if she's only, if they only have one set of staging, but you know, it takes a long time to set all that stuff up. I mean, to cart all that around. Based on my experience in the industry, it probably takes her the whole week to set that thing up. Oh yeah, uh, clearly. Now a, a lot of bands will do like two sets of stage and one mm -hmm. will be in transport and getting set up at the next date. Well, she's, I think Metallica does that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I bet you because of the amount of time between cities, I bet you they're just carting one stage set around, but it is massive. I, I mean, you just the amount so? of, I, I would say based on her schedule, cause she's doing three shows a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that gives her four days to do the stage setup, four and a half, really mm -hmm. uh, transportation and stage setup. So I don't know. I, I would theorize there's one stage with maybe some backup. Yeah. I mean, and to have to configure this thing for every, every arena is a different size, a different shape, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're sticking with places that are very similar, but right. I don't mm -hmm. think there's anything that she's doing. That's the size of Mercedes Benz. I mean, this is, this is a huge place, right? If she plays, is she, which I'm assuming she does play Minneapolis. I'm not sure. I, I haven't looked at the back of my shirt that carefully. Um, <laughs> well, it's hard but, to see when you're facing the other way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Minneapolis uh, stadium is almost a twin of the uh, Atlanta stadium. So they're about the same size. Yeah. They're built about the same time. Okay. Um, I could. Those two stadiums, I think, are very comparative. Cool. 
Okay, so what was your, I don't know if we should just dive right in. What what was your favorite? Okay, so let's just say, for the people who haven't seen it, ev- this show is divided up into quote-unquote eras, which represent each one of her albums, except for the first one. And it's done not in chronological order. And the focus is on the four albums that she released around the time of COVID from Lover to Evermore and Folklore and then the new album. And that's those are the sets that are the longest and have more deep cuts where everything else is basically represented predominantly by just the hit singles from each one of the albums. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was really interesting to do it that way and to not arrange it chronologically because then you're never, you don't see a, you don't see the flow of her change of styles over the years. But at the same time, you, you get this really interesting balance between it might be a country set for a little while. And then you'll have like a hardcore pop set. And then you'll get like the folky, Evermore kind of stuff, the the more ethereal kind of stuff, and then it'll go into more big pop and dancey kind of stuff. So it was constantly changing. What did you think of the way that they arranged the set in, in that way? I thought it was really well done as far as the way they arranged. I was concerned going in um, because having only seen Reputation, that's a very dance heavy yeah. um, set. Uh, if you've ever seen it on Netflix, even you, you know that she's dancing in almost every song with her backup dancers and with folklore and evermore, there's not much call for dancers. Uh, it's, it's, you know, very laid back subdued. So what I, I felt like I was kind of riding it out in an ocean and there, the waves would change the mm-hmm. mood of the room. Uh, so like when the snake on the screen first flashes on you know you're about ready to get reputation and the whole place just explodes mm-hmm. when the trees come out of the out of the stage you know you're about ready to get either evermore folklore probably right. evermore based on the willows video mm-hmm. but i, I, I didn't even really... notice those trees popping up they just oh, showed yeah. up i didn't even <laughs> notice <just> there. yeah <laughs> but in I, yeah, think I, was, was... I, was, I was meticulously watching the stage going oh but was it was it evermore or folklore you didn't notice the the all of a sudden there's a house on stage right that yeah that that (laughs) one was that one surprised me because the way they had the dancers distracting you yes exactly coming down the stage doing this like elaborate dance so you're paying attention to dancers Mm -hmm. meanwhile the the house is being pulled slowly out of the darkness yeah and and Daniel turned around to me and he said, where the hell did that house come from? <laughs> That's basically what my experience was, too. I was like, right. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it, the whole thing was very cleverly done, the way it would transition from one era to the next, mm-hmm. where it does this sort of sleight of hand thing. I thought it was really, really mm-hmm. well done. And there was no downtime at all. No. And I was I was noticing that. Um when she listen, we're going to get into this a little bit more later on, but when she, after the, um, 1989, after the 1989 set, isn't that right? Where that's when she goes into the surprise songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Those are two and so, you know, at that, that point after 89, the, the house lights go down, everything kind of stops. And a minute or two later, she walks up to the piano and the acoustic guitar at the, at the foot of the stage and that was the only downtime the entire night. That was the only time that there wasn't stuff mm-hmm. happening, that there wasn't something here distracting you from a change that's happening over there. 
it was it was just a constant flow of this visual imagery and it was really really well done yeah i i absolutely agree i mean she really knows how to keep you watching and listening even mm-hmm. when the main song isn't on uh on, going on like she would have her guitarists come on and play some uh just transitional music mm-hmm. uh while she was doing a costume change or whatnot right and a lot, yeah exactly a lot of that stuff was there to cover give her time mm-hmm. to do the costume changes and to make mm-hmm. it back onto the stage but of but, which there were many costume oh changes. man yeah. right <laughs> Just the wardrobe truck alone <laughs> had to be its own semi. <laughs> I'll tell you, speaking, uh, whenever I do mention that I go to Toys, I'm really not trying to brag. I'm just trying to compare to, compare the two shows. Um, she has different costumes for different nights. So she's not wearing the same dress for Enchanted every night. Uh, oh, really? They're all, they're all, they may all be the same shape. Yeah, but they're the same, not the same, uh, same design. And the perfect example is the surprise song dress. One night I saw it, she was wearing yellow, and the next mm. night I saw it, she was wearing what was she was wearing blue. Was it on Sunday? Um, but that's when she does the stage dive. And, yeah, and yeah. the computers, the the graphics matched the dress that she was wearing so mm. they changed they changed the graphics depending on which color dress she was wearing that night oh that's how detail oriented that thing is that's a, that's ridiculous isn't that crazy that's, yeah so that's she's insane. wearing the red or she's wearing the red Jesus. dress she swims up in the red dress she's, she's wearing a yellow dress mm-hmm. she swims up in the yellow dress that's we so were funny. yellow on sunday i remember yeah. that yeah yellow? okay mm-hmm. yeah we had yellow on sunday wow okay what was your favorite era I really enjoyed the lover era and reputation. So reputation, I don't always consider my favorite era. There's some great songs there. Like freaking love getaway car. Um, Dress is a great song. I mean, but I never think of it in terms of like my all time favorites. Yeah. But I was locked onto that stage for all of the reputation set like i love look what i loved her transition from don't blame me into look what you made me do i love the set display for look what you made me do that had all of her backup dancers as her past selves in glass cages i mean very reminiscent of like the music video um but that was just like hardcore rocking out with reputation tillman knowing how much you love that you will be pleased to know that in our car ride home from the stadium, the overwhelming opinion was that reputation was the favorite set. Well, good. <laughs> I am. I know I'm, I'm in the minority almost amongst many Taylor Swift fans. Interesting. Um, I love reputation. It's not, it's not, wasn't my first album with her. I just love the music. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it makes me happy. It's bouncy. I can sing along to it. Uh, it, it's just, it's got that nightclub feel to it that yeah. I, I, it cheers me up. Um, and so of course my favorite section of the concert was reputation, but I will also agree with Daniel that lover was probably my second favorite. Um, Interesting. I love watching the house burn and at mm. the end of it and, and, yeah. and everything. Um, and lover has just got some 
fantastic tracks that I was really happy to hear live for the first yep. time. Oh, I'm so mm. I've man, I lost my voice to Cruel Summer because I was oh just my God, so yes. happy to finally just belt that out in I, concert I had, with everyone I else. I had no clue that she would even think about performing Cruel Summer. Mm-hmm. It was I you know she she picked Cruel Summer over me. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think she would have played me. Uh, which mm-hmm. I'm fine yeah, with because so- I never really cared for me. But Alan, spelling is fun. I know spelling is fun. It's it's a it's a good pop song, but I honestly expected being the one of the main. I mean, it was her first release off the album. Mm-hmm. I honestly yeah. expected it to be in the, in the set. Yeah, and me too. When it wasn't in the set, and she chose "Cruel Summer" instead, I was very happy because I love mm-hmm. "Cruel Summer." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great song. It, yeah, well, and I think a lot of a lot of the set list came from almost like fans suggestions of what they wanted to hear for the past few years because like cruel cruel summer was kind of a sleeper hit um at least among the fan the fans loved it but in terms of it never got released as a single although granted if covid didn't happen i'm positive it would have been the summer song of the song of the summer oh, 2020 yeah. and mm-hmm. that's also i think why we got a lot of evermore too because the fans were like taylor doesn't love evermore like she loves all her other albums so taylor's like fine i'll play 20 songs from evermore for you guys yeah she she leaned heavily into evermore Mm-hmm. I mean, well, she leaned very heavily into it. And folklore, too. And there, folklore. There were mm-hmm. seven songs from folklore. And so, speaking of favorite eras, I was telling Daniel on the car ride with our friends that were rode with us that, you know, my sort my entry point to starting to become a Taylor fan, like I'd heard some things like Love Story and stuff like that, but State of Grace is the one that I thought, oh my God, that's a mm-hmm. really good song. So that was really my entry point. The thing that kind of really brought me in were the 1989 songs. Shake It Off was so infectious. I could not it resist it. So I got so into that song. But then the singles that came after that from 89, I loved just as much. Blank Space is fantastic. Wildest Dream is fantastic. You know, so I was like, okay, I, I, I'm I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting on board with this thing. So obviously, 1989 was going to be my favorite set of the night because it's fun. It's you know just exuberant. It's you know you can dance to it, and I that was the ones that I knew the words to. You know, I don't right. know the words to any other Taylor stuff. Um, but to my very great surprise my second favorite era was evermore and i really thought that with leaning as heavily as she was in a live setting on evermore and folklore that i would be bored but i i was i just felt so completely engaged in the evermore set the staging was was beautiful but I, but I, and I, and I do know the song Willow, so I really enjoyed hearing that. But everything else about that set, I just thought was wonderful. So I, I was totally surprised that that was my almost close to first place for my favorite era. It was have really you good. heard that really. album before? Some, or I mean, here and there, but not... Willow's the only one that I really kind of knew. Yeah, that was the only song that she really released off of that album, either. Yeah, yeah, as well. Uh, she did not, she didn't pay as much attention to Evermore. Uh, not quite as folklore. much. Right. Folklore yeah, was, was heavy and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it too. And there was some stuff, there were some songs that, um, that I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with that. I heard 
maybe for the first time i may have heard them once or before or something but didn't really pay attention but this was the first time that i really sort of like sat and absorbed it and there were some songs in that set now one of the ones that i really like from that album is betty and mm. enjoyed hearing that a lot but there were some other ones like uh last great american dynasty i don't really know but i really really enjoyed it so i was very surprised that the mellower stuff i was really into yeah <laughs> when That's normally like i'm like at the, all no not at all if there's not big drums playing or big guitars wailing i'm not mm -hmm. as enjoy but but i really enjoyed both of those sets so, so while we're talking about evermore can we talk about the fact that we made her cry <laughs> yeah Marjorie? do it. kind of proud of that yeah she was and I, I will tell you that was not i mean that did not happen on friday when i saw yeah. her so that wasn't something reversed right. or whatever that mm -hmm. that was totally totally uh organic well tell what happened uh so after the song marjorie uh well during the song marjorie everybody in the audience it seemed had their flashlights on uh and because that song is so personal to her uh she basically at the end of it was flabbergasted and, and was and started crying uh and you know, actually had to turn away and wipe tears from her eyes. Mm -hmm. And she's, and I think she was she, a solid three minutes of basically standing there, getting cheered at and loved on by her audience, while she just kind of stood there flabbergasted. Um, yeah, it was it was it was an amazing reaction from both the audience and her, and I, I felt very very uh, touched at that moment by mm -hmm. what had happened. So fun fact, I saw this, I think on Twitter, um, that moment, I think it was like a little over three minutes long of like the standing ovation mm -hmm. out of all the tour, all the, out of all the concerts that have happened so far, ours has been the longest one in terms of like the standing ovation. Okay. I mean, someone's actually timed that for every, of every stop on has. her tour. <laughs> yep. Of course so I'm sure <laughs> this weekend in Nashville, they're going to give her like a four minute standing yeah, ovation exactly. they gotta top us exactly, yeah, exactly. Her, home her hometown's gotta top us mm -hmm. yeah but now every everyone's gonna do the flashlight thing <laughs> oh they will yeah that yeah, yeah. well yeah, just yeah. as long as everybody insane. knows where it started that's right night three that's in atlanta right. baby <laughs> <laughs> all right what was favorite songs favorite moments Oh God, that's a hard one. Um, I know because there was because with oh, three and a half hours, there was a lot of them. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, there was a lot. All too well, ten minute version. Yes. Oh yeah. Do you I, have I'm say, to spare? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say that. First of all, I thought that was one of the highlights of the whole night. Yes, I think that's. Absolutely. I think it's such a great song, and mm -hmm. and I loved the way that she introduced it. She talked about how special red is to her and how much the fans embraced it and made it an even more special thing for her both times that she released it and then she says so we're going to play one more song from that album if you've got 10 minutes to spare <laughs> i thought that was really funny yeah it was very very cute I, I i would agree all too well it was probably one of the highlights um i'm also a sucker for enchanted um so oh yeah when she came out and did Enchanted, I was like, oh, yes. And then, of course, for me, Ready for It is always going to be my favorite song. Right. Yeah. So and and having her just the the clicking of her heels as the background sound, you know, and the snakes and everything. And then mm. her walking down the stage 
silhouetted. I was just like, that's just cool. I got a really good photo on my, my phone of her walking down the stage silhouetted that nice. came out really well. Yeah. Cool. So I think, I think those are my three favorite songs of the evening, except for Sunday night when she did, uh, I bet you think about me as one of the special songs that I, right. I, I, that sent shivers on my spine because I love that right. song. I love the video for that song and her saying, and I guess it's, it's true because everybody catalogs everything that it was her very first time she'd ever played it live as yes. well. Mm-hmm. And it sounded it, really good. Mm-hmm, it did. And the very first vault track she's performed during the Ares tour. Yeah. During the Ares tour. Right. Yeah. So that just tells you those, how special Atlanta my, is. Mm-hmm. It awesome. But I think those were my, my my favorite songs during the show. Those are the ones I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. Okay, Daniel. Uh, mine overlap with Tillman mostly, so obviously all too well. I was I've had that thing on repeat all since Red Taylor's version came out, and then um, Enchanted. I freaking love Enchanted. Like it's up there, top five with. Mm-hmm all the other songs that she's ever sung because my top five just rotates every time I hear a song. Like, oh, that's right. That's top five. Um, but yeah, I wish we'd gotten the full enchanted song, but I was thrilled to be able to just kind of sing the chorus with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said earlier, cruel summer. I mean, that is, that is the song for me right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved anything off the 1989 era. Blank space was, I thought was great with the, the visuals of, um, her on the platform and then the car on the screen and yeah. all the back of the destroying the car, the, destroying the car mm-hmm. with the club with, with golf yeah. clubs. Thought that was great too. Um, oh, one thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is the visuals during Mastermind on the stage with the black yeah. and white. Yes, mm-hmm. and how whenever they would move, the stage would change mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. shape or the the colors would go from black to white or white to yeah. black. So yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that. Now, did you notice during Delicate, she was breaking the stage at certain points. She would like slam or put her foot down at this point, and and the stage would actually crack from that point. Yeah, it was really well choreographed. Yeah, and- um, I, don't, I don't think I got any pictures of it, but the the, the stage, the diamond part of the mm-hmm. stage, would actually shatter hmm. in different points where she would step. And a three and a half hour tour that which sounds like a Gilligan's Island thing, but a three, <laughs> a three and a half hour show. Sorry. Um, that is an awful, I mean, when you think it's like 40 something songs, that's a lot of lyrics to remember, but then all that mm-hmm. stuff, all the choreography, all the, you have to mm-hmm. step here. So the little crack thing works. I mean, that is an awful mm-hmm. lot of stuff to remember to do yes. every night. That's crazy. So well, do either of you know how long she actually was in rehearsal for it? It had to be. I, I, you know, I don't. Oh, no. You know, no I was clue. thinking how long it took to conceive the whole thing. Like right. when you, when you're, mm-hmm. cause first you have to decide how you want to lay out the show. Then you have to decide how long you're going to spend on each one of the eras, how many songs from each album you're going to devote time to. And then you have to figure out, what visuals you're going to do for that song and how to tie the songs from that era into each other. I mean, that just the planning alone was just had to be a staggering amount of time. And then you have to make it all happen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. She, then you have to tell somebody, okay, this is what I want. Three and a half hours later, this is what I want. And you got, you just got to know that somebody who's putting that show together is like, holy shit, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Did she just <laughs> say three and a half hours? It was close to it. I know. Yeah, it's right. crazy. Like most, most artists are barely doing an hour and a half, two hours tops. And here yeah, comes and I'm Taylor. Like, who, the, who does she think she is? Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> See, I remember back in, so the, the album came out on October 28th, 2022. Um, and I remember she was on the Seth Meyers show. Uh, late night, late, late with Seth Myers, and he asked her about a tour. And this is very shortly after the album had come out, maybe a week and a half after the album came out. And she's like, Yeah, I think it's about time I do another tour. And so I wonder at that point, at that moment, how far along in mm-hmm. planning they actually already mm-hmm. were because not a week later she announced the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously she's right. been so, planning on this thing for so months. So since yeah, so since the last time she toured, she released four new studio albums. Mm-hmm. The re-record yeah. of Red, two re-recordings, yep. And yeah. the re-record of Fearless. So basically that is six new studio albums that she had to represent in a tour that had mm-hmm. never been played live. That's insane. So I think that the, the way that they, the plan that they came up for this, I think it worked really well. Every album got represented really solidly. And particularly those ones that had been released during that time when no touring or anything was happening. I thought it was really well right. done. You know, she didn't spend as much time on her country stuff, but then again, that has right. been well represented over the years yeah that's that's true but i'm sorry but you could have done you could have made an era out of one song each from the first two albums one from the right. first one from the second and just called that an era and tied those right. two together somehow i, I don't i was kind of disappointed that the first album it, went completely yeah, unrecognized unrepresented that is my one disappointment I would, yeah i, I would have liked to have heard pictures to burn or, or, or yeah our yeah. song tim mcgraw should have said no i mean there were so many good ones that yeah. she could have especially right. if we got one song from speak now we could have gotten one song from exactly exactly the debut album yeah right. i mean so that, I mean, that, that, that was weird you 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 didn't have to do seven songs from folklore you could have done six and the fact <laughs> and, that she actually and, one one thing that i thought was really odd is that she pulled enchanted out and did that totally by itself. So that right. that's the one outlier in the whole eras thing. That yeah, it was is just totally by itself. Mm-hmm. Cause you would right. think that alpha speak now she would do, you know, speak now or mean right. or yeah. sparks fly or my, I mean, there were so many other things to choose from. I mean, I'm thrilled she chose enchanted cause it's yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it was an interesting choice, but I'm glad she chose it. Right. And it, it was a nice moment in the show itself. You know, it was a nice change from the things that were happening before it and after it. So Right. Because um, it came right right after Reputation. Yes. It was a so nice stylistic you, change. It was a, a very nice moment there. To, yeah. And then to go back off of that. Right. So some of my favorite moments from the the set were um, ever since I I started really getting into it on the radio, I could only imagine what it would be like to be in an arena and hear however many thousands of people singing and dancing to shake it off at the same time. And I was waiting for that moment. 
So that was an awful lot of fun. But also Willow, which they staged kind of like, you know, and I, I hate to use this this terminology because it brings an image that's different than what you actually saw on stage but it was sort of like this witch coven in Mm -hmm. in the woods you know and they're passing along like this so everything was very heavily bathed in blue and dark green lighting and then they have these these bright orange like almost like spells or, or, or power, you know, it was directly uh, pulled from the music video. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, One scene in the music video. Yeah. And I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. Plus the song, I I really liked the song a lot. So that was one of my uh, favorite moments. So um, we, we mentioned it a minute ago, but talk about the, the, the two surprise songs that we got and, and just, you know, I, I like the fact that this whole, show is so heavily choreographed and every moment is planned out. But then she has that 10 minute period where she does two songs and it's just whatever she wants to do that night. And it's just her and a guitar or her and a piano. There's no band. There's no, you know, orchestration. There's no choreography. It's just her playing two songs yep. to 70,000 yep. people. It, it stresses me out. Not gonna lie. Once when I heard that there were two surprise songs she does every night and they're different, except for the rules of she can sing anything off midnights whenever she wants. And if she flubs up one of the songs, she can sing it again at a future date. But it mm. was just like, Oh, what two songs is she gonna pick from Atlanta? Are you gonna be disappointed if she doesn't pick the ones you know? Well, you know the songs she picks. She, she has a huge repertoire of stuff. Right. She could pull from her album, she could pull from the deluxe version, she could pull from something from the vault. She could pull something that was a one-off single for a movie she did. I mean, sky's the limit for what she could choose. That's true. And then it's the question of, will I know this song to sing along to? And then how inadequate will you feel if the entire audience is singing along to the song and you don't know it? (laughs) But I also at the same time love the fact that, yes, there's something unique to each show. Because if you look at her set list... They're, um, and this is something a coworker was griping about that all her shows are the same. So why are you going to like six shows? But at the same time, you get those two special options. But it's nice because you, everyone gets to experience kind of the same thing, except for those two things, and that's mm-hmm. unique to just your show. Yeah. And so I do like that idea. It's just a there's anxiety behind it because I want to make sure I know the songs, and I don't want to pick. I don't want her to pick a song I don't like. Right. Which didn't happen on Sunday. And Daniel does not like surprises. That's true. (laughs) I am not a surprise person. I want to know exactly what's going on at all times. (laughs) Um, But no, I was, I'm actually, I mean, obviously there were other songs I wanted to hear over what we got, but I'm quite all right getting, I bet you think about me and uh, all you had to do was stay. Oh no. How you get Yeah, That's it. You get the girl. I was right. So the the six songs that because we watched the streaming on Saturday, mm-hmm. the the six songs that she played while she was in Atlanta um, was Coney Island, uh, the other side of the door, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, which she flubbed on and restarted. Yep, and high infidelity, and high infidelity on April 29th, which yep. was you know everybody was calling that one. They were like, yep. she's that yeah. was probably the one song that. That you could predict. Right. I will yeah. say there's another song I could probably predict. If she's playing anywhere in North Carolina, she's probably going to be playing North Carolina. 
that oh, makes, that sense. makes sense. Hundred percent um, makes sense. But our our friend Katie was like so determined that she was absolutely going to play getaway car because getaway we're car playing in the stadium named after Mercedes Benz. <laughs> and we're like, Katie, come on, man. <laughs> that, that, that was a little bit of a reach. I was like, yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, and I can pretty much guarantee you that like next week in Nashville, she's going to sing nothing new with Phoebe Bridger. Yeah, I can see Possibly. that. And I mean, yeah, because they brought they brought the national dude on stage to sing, okay, um, the Great War at yeah. one of the previous concerts. That's cool. That's and wasn't cool. there like a Mumford and Son or somebody that came out and sang with yeah. her? Yep. Yeah. Um, on uh, he sang uh, uh, Snow on the Beach. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and I'm sh- and Heim's opening for her as well, right? Oh so, yeah, so they'll yeah. do. Oh yeah, they'll do. They'll yeah. do nobody, uh, no crime. Nobody, nobody no no crime right. at some point. Yeah, right. So oh, those man. will be the fun ones to go to. Man, I, I, would, I, would, I would, I would love, love to have seen that. Me too. I, I, I think Heim are great performers, and they put on a fun show. So speaking yeah. of that, what did you think of our two openers? We had we had Gail and we had Muna. I liked Gail. Um, Muna, I thought was interesting. Um, I didn't re I had a little bit of hard time hearing them, uh, just sound wise, mm-hmm. differentiating, you know, the guitars yeah. versus the vocals. Just, and that was just because of the way the sound is in Mercedes Benz Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, but uh, I liked Gail a lot. I thought yeah, she was. I thought I she too. was pretty good. Her Alanis Morissette cover was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed them. I thought. I thought it was ballsy for was it what was the Muna is that the name of the, mm-hmm. the I thought it was pretty ballsy that they were actually making use of the entire stage because nobody else uh, had moved past that uh, like when when I saw him on Friday she had Gracie Abrams and BB Doobie um, mm-hmm. as her openers and nobody moved past the back end of the stage they yeah. didn't go into the diamond area they didn't walk down uh, the the ramp at all yeah. they all well, kind of stayed in the back. Gail but, did a little. Mm-hmm. She went sort of mm-hmm. halfway down to the diamond and and then you know turned around and came back like a good girl. But yeah, the, <laughs> the, the Muna people, they were down there. They were all over. They ran yeah, they right were, down to it. They were like, we're yeah. gonna make use of this stage. Right. And I was like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's essentially you're running across like LED screens. I mean, yeah. you accidentally stepped the wrong way or stepped too hard, you cracked something. No, those things are protected. Screen. No, they're, mm-hmm. they're protected. I was just thinking more along those. That's Taylor's territory. That's Taylor. That is not for you. That's for Taylor. <laughs> that, 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 that was my first impression, but then I was like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know what now is a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories, cartoons of our childhood, Star Trek quizzes, movies that we've liked, hard racing, general pop culture, fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the ESO Network. So I have a question for you guys. All right, ask. Mm -hmm. Out of all the myriad of costumes and outfits that were there, did you guys notice anything in particular that you were just really just impressed by? No. Really? <laughs> no. I mean, wow. it was all nice. I just didn't pay that much attention to that stuff. I just, I always notice how shiny her legs are. 
because I'm sure it's a combination of like. I'm talking. Uh, okay, Daniel, settle down, what? buddy. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking about all the uh, the, uh, the 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 people, the fans. Oh, the oh, fans. fans. Oh, I'm fans. sorry. I I should have been more specific. That was my okay. fault. I'm talking about how uh, the fans. Did you oh. see any specific costumes or outfits that really just yes. jumped out at you? Every one of yes. them. Yeah, they were all. I told. Amazing. I told. I told one of my friends online, I was like, this is this is like Dragon Con for white girls. <laughs> Dragon Con for white girls. I mean, it was like a cosplay convention. It was mm-hmm. insane. I yeah. really enjoyed seeing how the fans like really turned out for this, like mm-hmm. dressing up as either, you know, a character from a music video or some really clever reference to a, a song lyric. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. I'm I'm. I'm thoroughly impressed with how creative Swifties are Yeah, with what yes. they put together. Um, yeah. Let's see. There was, I didn't see it in person, but there was, I think it was a, either this Friday or Saturday concert. Someone, there were two people dressed like flames holding blue paintbrushes. And it's that line from uh, all too well. It's like, did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? And I'm like, how the hell did you think I'm going to make a costume out of that? Right. Um, and there was one I actually saw it on TikTok at one of the other concerts. Someone dressed like one of those ghosts from Antihero with like the old, um, uh, flowery old pattern. Yes. Oh, that's like, awesome. So easy. I could have done that. I could have gone to Goodwill, found some, found some sheets, cut some eye holes out, mm-hmm. and wore that to the show. I just, I, I don't know. I. <laughs> I, I just I'm so upset that I didn't actually get to go as creative as I could have possibly well, done. Well, you better you better up so, your Swifty game, buddy. The, I guess. the costume that I saw that uh, you guys didn't see because you came in for me um, when I was getting into the stadium was somebody was wearing a bag of wine dress that had cheap ass rosé on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's, that's hilarious so it's like okay that's beautiful that, yeah. that, that was a nice nice touch two of my favorites which weren't elaborate in any way at all they, it, they almost didn't even notice it it was just uh, a guy and a girl they're walking together they're just wearing regular clothes but they're both wearing a yellow t-shirt and on the front it just says taylor's version and i thought that was so <laughs> clever i just that's thought it was good. so simple but it it was clever so I loved mm-hmm. the elaborate and I loved the the simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved how everyone got into it. It was very much a warm, welcoming. Yeah. And inviting place for people to kind of dress however they yeah. want. And you were still somehow representing some era in Taylor Swift's career. Yep. And, and people you were exchanging people. friendship bracelets mm-hmm. all, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Going back to, uh, you know, uh, long live. I mean, it was just just beautiful i i think i ended up coming home with like 10 friendship bracelets nice dang yeah <laughs> daniel's jealous now sorry a buddy. bit i gave Daniel's. i gave one away no i gave i gave a couple you away. Gave more than one that. person gave me one mm-hmm. but i also had yeah. one like split in the bag and fall over the floor but you know <laughs> hopefully no one tripped on that <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was a great thing too. They reminded me of swag from Dragon Con. Yeah. So swag yeah. and seek. And I was just like, so that's a really cool aspect to the concert experience as well, is those mm-hmm. friendship bracelets. Absolutely. Right. It, it it definitely had a communal feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody felt like a big big family. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And and I was like a distant cousin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it just I, I, it was just one big happy community. The whole the yep. whole time I was there, it's all I could see was smiles. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any any angst, any yeah. uh and there was no drama from what I could tell. Mm-mm. I didn't see any. But what overall, I, I mean, I still really enjoyed the show. I thought it was a, a, a lot of fun. I'm glad I've finally gotten the opportunity to see her. And and it was good. You know, there was a few things like uh, Red is my, I guess, second favorite album. And I would have liked that segment more if my two favorite songs had been included. But, you know, it, it's, it's everything that she did was still good. I, I yeah. don't really have any complaint about any of the song choices or, you know, what got left out or, but I know that I'm not as connected to that kind of stuff as you are. So what would you have rather heard that she didn't play? I wanted to hear getaway car. I know I I heard it back in. I know I heard it when I saw her during reputation, but it was still, it would have been nice to have heard that again. Um, Yeah. I would have liked to have heard more red, definitely red state of grace, treacherous, yeah. Um, also, would have loved to have heard "Sparks Fly" from Speaking Now, but I guess that's a good I'll song. Settle, it is, and I'll settle for "Enchanted" for now. Yep. Cool. The only two songs that I really was hoping she would play that she didn't was I would have liked to have heard "Red." Um, yeah. Because I, I've never heard that live. I would have mm. really have liked to have heard that live. Uh, and I, I really, I have a soft spot in my heart for "Long Live" because it's about the fans. <sighs> And I love it when she plays Long Live. Um, <laughs> she did it during Reputation, a hybrid uh, during Reputation. She she mixed it with uh, it's a New Year's New Year's Day or the song the the last song on Reputation. I can't remember the name of it. It's yeah, I think it's New Year's Day. I don't um, remember that mashup, but okay. Yeah, uh, she did a mashup with those two songs. Um, but I would have loved to have heard Long Live just because yeah. I know the fans would have really have gone nuts over it. Yeah. Th- those are the only two songs that I think uh, I, I would have liked. Uh, to yeah. have, oh, well, no, I would have liked to have heard Mirror Ball too. Oh, yes. Yep. I would have traded one of the other folklore songs for Mirror Ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. How about you, yeah. Alan? Um, well, just oh. the, the two that I mentioned. Yeah. Red and, well, I, I don't State think I Grace. said but red and state of grace state my, of grace right my two yeah. favorites from from the red album I, I think but i mean you know the trade-off might have been she would play those two songs and not play all too well and i will take right. 10 minutes yeah. of all too well because yeah. that's ten, that was still the, the peak. Too well. yeah. that was still nice. the peak of the show for me Interesting. so did you like that more than her snl performance no of all too well the same the same I would say they were comparable to myself. Yeah. yeah. The only difference is that they played the whole short film, you know, on the SNL thing. So you had that backdrop of that, of that film that she had produced to go with yeah, it. I'm which, actually kind of surprised that she didn't have that as a I backdrop. was thinking that they would do that too, but you know, that's okay. So other than that, I, 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 it was, it was a great show. Any, any last thoughts that you want to share with people about this tour? Other than go see it if you get the chance. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out if I want to drive up to Nashville this weekend and get tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my, my, the one thing I will say, the one is the same thing that everybody else complained about is the whole ticket master fiasco. Oh God. Um, 
the yeah. way that they handled the reputation tour ticket sales was so much nicer where you got rewarded for more Uh-oh. participation you did with, frozen. with the taylor swift well we made it through 55 minutes before that happened so that's okay he, he's back <laughs> start that over okay. uh so so when they did the reputation tour ticket sales which is when i got us the group ticket the group of tickets the more you watched videos the more you clicked on links the more you did things the more swag you purchased the closer in line you got and they also did ticket sales over a period of days it wasn't just all released on the same stupid day at the same every city on the same day at the same time that was just yeah asinine so really that was my biggest my if i had one complaint to carry with me for the rest of my life it's going to be i hope she breaks Ticketmaster apart well, if I have one complaint about the entire live music industry, it's fucking Ticketmaster because I fucking hate Amen. them. Amen. Hate them. So yeah, that was, that, I, will, I will say that was a long day. I was lucky enough to get that pre sale code, and I just, the stress yeah. of not being able to get tickets, the fact that the yeah. little toolbar or that little progress bar froze for just. <sighs> 30 minutes at a time where Ticketmaster's like, oh, it's down for a little bit. We'll have it back up, but stay in the queue. And you look at the source code to see where you are in the queue, and it's like, there's 17,000 people ahead of you in this line. And I'm like, oh, I'm never getting tickets. Yeah. And then seven hours later, it seems like it opens up for everybody, and it's a free-for-all, and tickets are disappearing left and right, and you have no idea where to go, where to click. Yeah. And, oh, it was awful. I never want to do that again. Yeah, it was a terrible experience, and it it was not anything that we could lay at her feet. It's entirely Ticketmaster's fault. Yeah, they're a horrible, horrible company. I hope, I hope that some good comes of it. Yeah, maybe they will fracture uh, Ticketmaster and make them separate. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, you know what we didn't talk about? Uh oh, what the merchandise? Oh, merchandise. All right, do it. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I was go ahead, Tillman. I, I, I got myself two t-shirts. I, I kind of went overboard. I got myself two t-shirts, a sweatshirt, and a tapestry and a poster. Oh, yeah, I the got, Atlanta, the Atlanta specific poster. Yeah, that sold out by the time I was looking at it because I was like, do oh. I need a poster? I mean, I don't need a poster, but I mean, do I need to just throw her more money? Or <laughs> in the words of our friend Rachel. Just set money on fire. That's essentially fire. what I'm doing. Um, the merch truck is that? Was that the first time she's done a merch truck at the stadium? I don't remember one for Reputation. No, she had one for Reputation. I remember Did walking she? by it. Okay, yep. but it was the stories I heard about this was the fact that you know people lining up, like the line, the line miles long to buy merchandise for this tour to buy the coveted blue sweater. Yeah, it just it blows my mind how what kind of a marketing machine or brand that she is. Yeah, and I ended up buying a tote bag, and I wanted the water bottle too, but they that's not online, sadly. And I think they sold out at the show. Wow! And I bought the hoodie. Which which hoodie? There's like two of them. Oh, sorry, the blue hoodie. Essentially, the the sweater with a hoodie in the form of a hoodie. I got the black hoodie, the one with yeah. the her on the back of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't really want her face on the back of my. I want her face everywhere I look. (laughs) That's not creepy at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a this is a joke that my my wife. uh, I I messed with my wife. She was like, "Well, I'm going to the hairstylist. I'll be back when I come back. I'll be a new woman." I said, "Will you be Taylor Swift?" She's like, "Shut the hell up!" Wow. Wow, that's rude. She laughed. She laughed. She loves Taylor just as much as I do. But uh, it was funny. That's my favorite little story to tell about her. That's hilarious. All right. Well, that's it for us tonight. Thank you so much, Tillman and Daniel, for joining me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is part one, right? Like part two and three and four. We're recording in a couple of days. (laughs) Part part two, three, and four is the next time she tours. Oh, okay. Sorry. What if we all pile in a car and go see her in Nashville? I'm down for that. <laughs> Y'all have fun. <laughs> Once was plenty. All right. So everybody take care. Thanks for joining us and for this special bonus episode. If you have seen the Eras tour or you're planning on seeing it, let us know what you think. If if you enjoyed it, if you had a great experience, what your favorite era was, let us know. All right. So everybody take care. See you next time and keep rocking on.